Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Thank you for coming out to Victory today. Uh, we appreciate every, everybody being here. Now, last week when Pastor was preaching, you know, he talked about uh, in past weeks being uh, the spiritually dead, which I believe mo- most are beyond that, okay? And then you become a toddler, an infant in Christ, and then uh, we continue to grow from there, and then and we become a, a young adult, if you will, or, and uh, so on. But at one point in his sermon last week, he talked about drifting. And, and as we drift along, there is a danger in drifting because instead of drifting, and let me clarify that. We should not be drifting. We should be making it a point to be heading towards Christ. If you're just drifting, you're not doing what you should be doing. And most of the time when we drift, we end up drifting away. And that's the danger of it. Uh, before we get started, I want to go to the Lord in prayer. I want to pray uh, Number one, that the Lord speaks through me. I don't want to say anything that uh, uh, isn't glorifying to God. And, uh, you know, I want to be uh, biblically correct. But I want to pray for you as well, that that you receive God's word uh, in the way it's intended and that you're able to put it to use in your heart. Uh, Let's bow our heads and go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. And I just thank you for each and every person that's uh, sitting in a a chair today, Lord. And and, uh, we have some outside as well. And I just pray that your, uh, your word would speak to each and every person, Lord. I pray you'd speak through me. Don't let any of this be something that, uh, according to John, Lord, I pray that it's according to you and your word. And, and Lord, I pray it's received that way. And, and I pray hearts are, are touched and, and souls are, are uh, reached for you, Lord. We love you and we praise you. Again, be with us uh, this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs> Several years ago... Uh, when I graduated from high school, I moved to California for about a year, and I lived with my aunt and uncle there. And uh, my uncle had taken a vacation to Hawaii. And in fact, actually, he went there, he bought some land there and so on. Uh, but when he came back, he told a story about how he was uh, in Waikiki, and he had him a blow-up raft, and, and he was out in the waves and so on. And now once he got past the waves, that he just kicked back and, and uh, was enjoying the sunshine and, and so on. But at one point, he looked up, and he, the current had caught him, and he had drifted much further out than he ever intended. In fact, far enough where, you know, the coastline looked like just a little line there. Uh, so he, he related, you know, I was a little concerned, scared, if you will, uh, being that far out and so on. But, but through some uh, yelling and waving, I guess, somebody caught a glimpse of him, and the lifeguards were able to rescue him and, uh, of course, bring him back to shore uh, not after he got a severe sunburn and, and uh, was scared out of his wits. But however, uh, the whole situation was caused just because he was careless. He wasn't paying attention uh, to where he was at and what he was doing. Uh, we can surely apply this to our spiritual walk. And as we uh, are traveling, sometimes we get complacent. Sometimes we get so comfortable we think we can just kick back, as he did, and just kind of... Let the current take us and drift. And like he did, he drifted too far out. And like some Christians do, they drift uh, too far out. Unfortunately, the lifeguards were able to rescue him. 
My question is, how many people in this church, how many of you are sitting here today just drifting along in their spiritual walk? Now I'm talking to you, each and every one. I'm trying to look everybody in the eye. Are you where you, are you, where you need to be in your spiritual walk? Are you, are you grounded? Are your feet on the ground? You know, when you go out on the surf... Uh, at the beach, you know, you walk so far out, you walk so far out, and the waves are hitting you and, and knocking you back, but your feet are still planted on the ground. But once you get so far out, your feet fail to touch, and that's when you start drifting as well, okay? It's when we make sure our feet are planted on the ground where we can control our direction. And that's what we need to do as Christians. We need to make sure that we're anchored in Christ and that our feet are firmly planted so that we don't drift, how many of you are simply being careless with your spiritual life? These are, these are blunt questions, questions that need to be asked. Because when we get careless, that's when bad things happen. Uh, what, I've got to make mention of this. What did you think of the video this morning? I thought that was awesome, and I want you to know that was all done hands-free. Okay? Uh, nobody was in danger there, so uh, I just thought that turned out pretty good. Uh, Hebrews, in our next slide here. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 says, We must therefore pay even more attention to what we have heard so that we will not drift away. For if the message spoken through angels was legally binding and every transgression and disobedience received a just punishment, how will we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? If we just let ourselves drift and we neglect our salvation and we drift further and further away, we're going to pay for it one way or another. It's important that we pay attention, just as the beginning of the verse says, pay even more attention. We must pay careful attention uh, to what we've heard, to what we hear. When Pastor John stands up here and, and preaches, and, and, and when other people stand up here and preach, when you're, you're, you go to your classes on Wednesday night and you hear the lessons, that's just, we don't do that just to fill time. It's done so you can learn about the, uh, the, the concepts and, and what God wants you to do in your life. And, and you know, we learn from what pastors preach, uh, teaching on Titus. We learn from Titus and what they went through back then so that we don't make those same mistakes, so, so that we can be even better uh, than they were. How many Christians have drifted their way and drifted so far that they lost their faith? How many of them do we know? I've got a best friend that has drifted through life and drifted and much talking on my part and still I, I you know, only God knows. Only only him and God know his relationship and where it stands. But if actions speak louder than words, I, I can I can take reference from his actions that he's drifted too far. How many here today are not where they need to be in their walk with Christ? This is, this is an internal look. You need to look in the mirror and ask yourself that same question. You need, to, you need to make sure you're where you need to be. I want to take a test right now. I want everybody to play, whether this is your first time at Victory or you've been here from the very beginning. Okay? I need everybody to take your hands, okay? put your feet and place your hands, one on one, your right hand on your right leg, your left hand on your le left leg, Okay, and make, make a fist, and I'm going to ask you a question, okay? And if the answer is yes to that question, you put out your right finger. If the answer is no, you put out your left finger, okay? And one finger for each yes, one finger for each no, and so on. 
And I want everybody to bow your heads, close your eyes, and I want you looking around. We're going to take this test. Okay? First question. Has there ever been a time in your life when you were more dedicated to Christ? Again, has there ever been a time in your life when you were more dedicated to Christ? Question two. Has there ever been a time when you were closer to Jesus than you are right now? You need to be perfectly honest with yourself. You're not playing for anybody else but yourself. Again, question two. Has there ever been a time in your life when you were closer to Jesus than you are right now? Question number three. Have you ever been more surrendered in your life than you are at this very moment? And question number four. Has there ever been a time that you were more committed to living for Christ than you are right now? Okay? Go and pick up your hands. Those answers are just for you, not anybody else. But if you answered yes to any of those questions, you're in the process of drifting. Okay? You're in the process of drifting. Now, you might not be to a, a point uh, in your life where uh, you're so far away. Okay? I don't think we ever get so far away that, that we can't come back. Okay? No, don't get me wrong there. But, but uh, there comes a time when it gets uh, awfully dangerous. So we need to pay attention to that. If your relationship with Christ is not where it once was, or if it's not where you know it should be, you're drifting. So why do so many people drift? Let's look at this next slide. Reasons people drift. Well, the first, first reason is their depth. In Matthew chapter 13, verses uh, 3 through 7, it says, Consider the sower who went out to sow, and as he was sowing, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on rocky ground where there wasn't much soil, and they sprang up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up and they were, they, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered. Others fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them. Jump down, if you will, to verses 20 and 21 there, if you turn there. And the one sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but is short-lived. When pressure or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he stumbles. See, we need to be rooted. We need to be anchored in Christ. We need, we need depth in our Christian life. This is totally on you to fix. If you, in, in that, if you need help in your Christian walk, if you're, if you're drifting, if you're stumbling, if there's something going on in your life you need help with, the leadership in this church, the lay, lay people in this church, they're not mind readers. If you need help, you need to let somebody know that you need help. Those who settle for a shallow relationship with Christ will find that they will never have the depth to make it through the rough spots in life. And it's, you know, it's, it's easy to be a Christian when we have the potlucks and the picnics and, uh, and everything's great, but it's when those rough spots in life come, financial difficulties, family difficulties, where our, where our true faith is tested and where that depth comes into, comes into play. You see, I can talk about victory, and, and I, think, I, think, I think we're doing quite well in, the, in this aspect, but, but the church of today uh, overall really has the spiritual depth of a mud puddle. Okay, a lot, of, a lot of people like to play church. They like to come to church on Sunday. And then the rest of the week, you see how they live, and it's just not lining up. 
We think it's just fine to have the kind of spiritual life, but in reality, this is far from what Jesus expected of us. Jesus doesn't expect us to just come to church on Sunday, do, go through the motions, and then go live life as we will uh, Monday through Saturday. He expects so much more out of us. And this lack of spiritual depth will lead to nothing but withered and a dead spiritual life. How do we get that depth? We get in our God's Word. We, we develop our prayer life. We come to church. We fellowship with other Christians. We grow strength from each other. And we grow depth. Another reason people drift is denial. There'll be times in our lives when we deny Jesus. When I was, when I was thinking about denial, I, of course, the first person that came to mind was Peter. In Matthew chapter 26... Verses 69 through 74, and I'm going to paraphrase through this, but three times in the Scripture, Peter denies Jesus just as it was said that he would do. The first time, the lady comes up to Peter and says, You were with Jesus the Galilean too. Peter says, I don't know what you're talking about. The second time, somebody says, This man was with Jesus the Nazarene. Peter says, I don't know the man. And the third time, They come up and say, you certainly are one of them since your accent gives you away. Listen to this. Then he, being Peter, started to curse and to swear with an oath. And this one cuts to the core. I don't know the man. This is Peter. You don't think you deny Christ? We deny Christ with our actions. We deny Christ with our very words. And if you're honest with yourself, you've done it from one time or another. Whether it was simply doing something that you know was displeasing to Him, or whether it was a moment in life where you wanted to save yourself some difficulty. difficulty. Yeah, I'll get it out. <laughs> Maybe for you it was a time when you were supposed to speak up and didn't. I know for a fact there's been times in my life when I should have said something and I didn't. There's been times in my life when I should have done something and I didn't. We all do it. Maybe you just didn't follow the directions Christ had laid out for you. If you feel a calling to go into missions but you're scared. Maybe you feel a calling to go into the ministry in some aspect but you're scared. And you keep denying it. You're denying Christ. And then there's the difficulties we face. When life gets tough, we discover the metal of our faith and the reality of God's power in our lives. See, when we give our lives over to to God and we truly surrender to Him, it's His power in us that sees us through. And that's when when those tough times come, when those financial hardships come, when the the family problems come, whatever problems or, or, or difficulties you're having in your life, you can always tell your, your metal by how you react to it. In Galatians chapter 4, verses 8 through 11, it says, But in the past, when you didn't know God, you were enslaved to things that by nature are not God's. But now, since you know God, or rather have become known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and bankrupt elemental forces? Do you want to be enslaved to them all over again? When you observe, or excuse me, you observe special days, months, seasons, and years, I am fearful for you that perhaps my labor for you has been wasted. You know what? It's only when we hold strong to Christ 
and our relationship. Now we talk, let, let me explain that. We talk about Christ and surrendering to Him, but it takes a deep, honest relationship. And when I t- say honest, I mean it takes a relationship where we are talking to God, where our prayer life is active and we're talking to Him and we're having conversations with Him and we're telling Him, not that He doesn't already know. I guess when we tell Him things in our, li- in our prayer life, really we're just admitting to ourselves the truth because He already knows but it's when you have that, that open, honest relationship with him and always know that on his side, it's always open and honest. It's when it closes up, it's on our side. That that strength of Christ comes through. When we come through trials and difficulties with Christ by our side, we'll find the spiritual strength that we so desperately need. But it... it It takes us surrendering to Him. It takes us looking to Him and opening opening ourselves up to Him. And then uh, another reason, deception. Sometimes people are swayed to follow a doctrine uh, that is false or unscriptural. I'm not going to get much into this. You know what I'm talking about. There's so many, I use this word loosely, preachers on TV and on the radio that we listen to that are preaching a false doctrine. Okay? I'm not going to sit up here and name names. I don't have enough time. But if you're listening to somebody, if you listen to somebody on the radio or watch them on the TV and you like them, I encourage you to test what they're teaching against God's Word. Open up God's Word. Follow along. If what they're saying doesn't line up, don't watch them. Don't listen to them. Deception. Wolves in sheep's clothing. It's vital to continually measure your opinion about God and Jesus with Scripture. You know what? It really doesn't matter what you think. It really doesn't matter what I think. It matters what God's Word says. And that's what you need to measure by. Then there's divisions. You know what? There's always going to be people in the church seeking to divide the church. Either on purpose or just not even paying, thinking about what they're doing. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, it says, But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For he regulate, regularly ate with the Gentiles before certain men came from Jesus. However, when they came, he withdrew and separated himself because he feared those from the circumcision party. There's going to be those that are always seek to divide because of their own beliefs and things that they've come up with in their own mind. Uh, we call it uh, legalism. Okay, nobody in this church should wear an orange tie. Should be run out of the church if they wear an orange tie. Okay, stuff like that, right? We need to be careful of that. Okay, if if you if you see somebody or hear somebody or hear of somebody seeking to divide or cause commotion in the church, cause dissension in the church, it's it, your it's your Christian duty to tell somebody, let somebody know. It is. We don't, we don't need that. We don't need that. The church as a whole doesn't need that, but Victory Church doesn't need that. I think we do a very good job here of, of tending the flock, if you will, of loving people. If you come in today and you didn't get a handshake or a hug around the neck, let me know. I'll shake your hand or hug your neck. 
But it's not something that we it's not something that we mean to do is to leave somebody out. Now, of course, if you come into Victory Church and you go over in the corner and just sit down and don't do nothing, chances are you're not going to have much interaction with other people in the church. Get involved. Make yourself available. I guarantee you, you're loved at this church. The essential problems. See, standing for God is not always popular, but it's always the right thing to do. But there's some essential problems with drifting here. And this is my, this is my uh, scripture for today's sermon. Revelation chapter 2, verses 2 through 5. It says, I know your works, your labor, and your endurance, and that you cannot tolerate evil. You've tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and you've found them to be liars. You also possess endurance and have tolerated many things because of my name and have not grown weary. But I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember then how far you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. Otherwise you will come, uh, excuse me, otherwise I will come to you and remove your lamp stand from its place unless you repent. See, there is a way back. If you're not where you need to be, we took that test, and if any of those answers were yes, you can repent of that. Come back to Christ. Fix it. A lot of times we get so down on ourselves, and I say that because I do it for myself, okay? A lot of times we get so down on ourselves because we've messed up. But our God, you know, the one that, that gives us grace and mercy, He's there to forgive us. But we have to get down on our knees and we have to ask. And we have to come back. We have to renew that relationship with Him. We have to fix it. But a central problem with drifting is a lack of fear of sin. I, I, I think in today's society, we're so desensitized to sin, it's, it's coming to the point where there's a lack of fear of sin. People tell little white lies. Is there such thing as a little white lie? People do things. That is sin, and call it, they call it good. Good churches will go bad when they fail to recognize sin for what it truly is. And if you justify any type of sin, you're wrong. Sin is sin. It is rebellion against God. Even those who know Christ come in their sin. They do it in full knowledge of His goodness and His grace. Guys, it's important that we pay attention to where we're at in our relationship with Christ. It's important that we point ourselves, that we anchor ourselves, and we're going in the right direction. When those who know Christ continue in their sin, they do it with full knowledge. It is an act of rebellion against the grace of Jesus. It's an act of rejection of the goodness of Christ. It's an act of ingratitude for Christ's forgiveness. It's all there for us. But we usually, we always do something to mess it up. We no longer examine our lifestyle by the principles taught by Jesus himself in Scripture. We come up with some other justification for what we're doing and we call it right. Jesus himself taught us principles to live by. We often fool ourselves into believing that we live under grace. It doesn't matter what I do, I'm forgiven. Yeah, well... You're hurting yourself. You're hurting your relationship when you sin. Yes, there is forgiveness when we sin. 
But does that mean we just go out and sin and do what we want when we want to do it? And then turn around, oh, I'll ask forgiveness tonight when I go to bed. I'll kneel down by my bed and ask forgiveness and everything will be all right. Yes, <laughs> if you ask forgiveness for your sin. But that doesn't mean there's not going to be some payment there. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have to pay the consequences of your, uh, of your actions. There's a lack of fear of sin. There's also a lack of repentance over sin. People aren't just sorry these days. They're not sorry for the things they've done. There's, nobody's willing to apologize for hurting somebody else. The biggest problem in the lives of so many Christians is the fact that they have given their heart to Jesus but never repented of their sins. They think, oh, I've accepted Christ as my Savior. I'm safe. I can go out and do what I want. And they're not sorry. They haven't turned from those sins that they were so into. Too, so many have come to the altar to pray for salvation and then right, walk right back out into this old lifestyle that they used to live. I can say this because I've done it. I wasn't always at this point in my life. Not that I've got it all together. But I think about times, and I was even having a conversation the other day about this. When, you know, when we started going back to church, I would be in church on Sunday and be somewhere else throughout the rest of the week. Thinking it's alright. I'm, I'm back in church. Everything's good. But it's not. There's a lack of fear of sin. There's a lack of repentance over sin. And the reality of it is sin just doesn't bother people like it should these days. Because we become so desensitized to it. Some things we do, some, some things people do, some things I do, we don't even think about it being sin. Oh, that's just fun. Tell you what, we need to get our God's word out. We need to get our faces in there. We need to be reading and studying and find out what's, what is sin. And you should already know what it means in your life if you're caught up in it. There's a lack of victory over sin. This is a true story. A lady presented herself to her pastor every week and, and told him, where she was struggling in life. And her, her words began to bother him because of the nature of her attitude. Listen to this. She would say something like this. Pastor, I've been doing my best to live over sin, but Satan just keeps beating me. I can't ever seem to defeat him. The only victories that Satan can have over you are the ones that you let him have. You know that? She was letting Satan beat her. What's the What's the scripture? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We, if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you have victory over Satan. There is no way that you can blame him. You're stronger than he is through Christ. We forget that simple fact and we live far below where we're meant to be living at. There's so much more meant for us. Christ meant for us to have so much more in our relationship with Him. 
but you'll never be able to overcome the power of sin in your own strength. And that's where it takes giving your life to Christ, giving, surrendering the whole kit and caboodle over to Him, and doing it in His strength, doing it through Him. Jesus defeated Satan by beating him with a big, ugly stick that we call the cross. Okay? It's done. Christ said it. It's finished. But we have, we have to declare the victory in our own lives. We have, to, we have to believe it. We have to take hold of it. Sin only has power when you give it. That's the only power it has is the power you give it. The power given to you through the resurrection and the Holy Spirit is greater, and you've been given that victory. So here's my suggestion, that each and every one of us start living like we've got it. We don't need to be living defeated lives. We don't be, need to be uh, denying the victory that we have over sin. It's done. It's finished. When we drift, there's some results that happen. There's a loss of growth in our life. We're meant to grow closer in our relationship with Jesus, and it's absolutely impossible to grow in a relationship that you choose to neglect. Husbands and wives, boyfriends and girlfriends, okay? When you neglect your relationship with each other, it suffers, does it not? The same thing happens with our relationship with Christ. When we neglect it, it suffers. Who pays the price? We do. We drift. We fall into sin. Other things in our life start to suffer. How do we grow? Get in God's Word. That's how you grow. Develop your prayer life. That's how you grow. How many people have a mentor? Somebody they kind of look to, ask questions to, uh, kind of lean on and, and call on in times of difficulty as far as our spiritual walk. Everybody has one. We all have a friend that we kind of look to. Maybe we have a question about God's Word. We, we, we call that person up or we text them, Hey, what does this mean? If you don't have one, you should have somebody you lean on. But in addition to that, look around this room. Those of you in the front, look, in the, look towards the back. We can lean on each and every person here. There's somebody to lean on to help you grow. When we settle for a lower relationship with Christ, we'll never have the kind of relationship that we're meant to have with Him. We lose the potential that we can only find in Jesus, and it comes from our relationship. Another thing we lose is grace. There's a loss of grace. When we live at a lower level, we miss out on the higher blessings and benefits of a growing relationship with Christ. Now I find in my life, the, the, more I'm, the more I'm into Him, the more He's into me. I know that might sound kind of corny, but, but it's the truth. The more, I, the more I seek Him, the more I read His Word, the more I pray, the more settled my life becomes to the point I can physically feel it. You know, in the past, when, when, uh, when there was financial difficulties or, or relational difficulty, whatever the case may be, there's always that knot, if you will, in your gut, in your, in your chest. It just felt kind of tight and heavy. I tell you, when your relationship with Christ is right, that goes away. Now, I didn't say that you were doing everything right. I said your relationship with Christ is right. As 
as your, as your relationship becomes more and more right, those things that you may not be doing right will work themselves out. Christ is building us. He's growing us. We're maturing. That's what pastor's preaching through right now. And we're almost to that adult stage, right? And he even talked about us drifting through the stages. Sometimes those people that are already at the adult stage go and take the tiptoe down to the infant stage, don't they? Yeah, there's times. There's a loss of godliness. When we strive to become like Jesus, it shows in the spiritual disciplines we choose to live by. But when we're not striving for more, we tend to drift further and further from the essential spiritual disciplines. Listen to this. We, when, when, when our relationship with Christ isn't right, when we're drifting, that daily time with God in prayer suffers. That daily time in God's word suffers. We do it less and less. Those times when we seek genuine times of praise and worship are fewer and far between. We move from talking about serving God less and less. See, we need to move from talking about serving God to being the hands and feet of God. I love that song, talking about where are the arms, where are the hands, where are the feet. We become less and less burdened with a deep concern for those who are lost. Here's a question to ask in the back of your mind. Are you concerned about the lost? Do you think about those that are lost? Because if, we, if, if you're really truthful with yourself, any of us were truthful with, with ourselves, and we really were concerned and thought about the lost people of this world, we'd be speaking up more and more when we went into Motomart or we went through the line of McDonald's or, or you know, we, we called our friends or family on the telephone. Okay, when was the last time you, you when was the last time you witnessed to somebody when you tried to spread the gospel? And do you do it all the time? We really should. We should be burdened. We should have a genuine concern for those that are lost in this world that don't know Christ as their Savior. You know that first step the pastor was preaching on the spiritually dead, those that will. One day, if, if they don't make the decision to follow Christ, will make hell their home. It's blunt. It's true. Who, who's who's going to tell them if we don't? We have to take responsibility for that. So what do we do about drifting? First off, you've got to recognize you're in that state. You've got to recognize that you might be drifting. That te- little test I gave, that's one indication if you don't feel like you're where you need to be in your Christian walk, you're drifting. Yes, it's very important and it's very dangerous. You'll never be able to embrace the change God has in store for you until you recognize your personal need. There'll never be a greater moment in God, uh, of God in your life if you're satisfied with where you are right now. We should always be endeavoring to improve our, I don't want to say position, but, we, we, well, let me just say, we should always be endeavoring to improve, right? 
We should always be studying more. We should always be praying more. We should always be talking more about Christ. And more. And more. How many of you here this morning need a closer walk with God? Truth is, we all do. I don't care where you think you are in your walk with God, you can get closer. But it's up to you. All I can do is stand up here and remind you that, hey, this is, this is, a, this is a dangerous situation we may be in if you're drifting. But it's up to you to look in the mirror and say, hey, I need, I need to plant my feet. I need to get busy going in the right direction. You need to recognize it. You need to remember. We must remember the key to a deep relationship with Jesus is the issue of closeness and not feeling See, there's times I feel great. Doesn't mean everything's right. I just feel good, right? You may be close to Christ but not feel like you are, or you may be drifting and still feel like you're as close to Christ as you ever were. It's not a feeling. Are you reading your Bible? Yes or no? This is the question you ask yourself. Are you reading your Bible? Yes or no? Are you praying? Yes or no? Black and white. Are you developing? Are you, are you developing that relationship? Yes or no. Or are you satisfied with where you are at right now? Yes or no. It's black and white. Be truthful with yourself. And this is helping you. I'm telling you, Christ already knows where you're at. He knows your heart. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. It's up to you. Never base your relationship with Christ on the way you feel because feelings are fickle and they might just betray the truth. You might feel good about it. doesn't mean it's good. If you can remember a time in your life when you were closer to Christ than you are right now, you need to get back to that place. Remember where you were. Go back and remember when, when Pastor was teaching me just a tiny bit about counseling. He, he told me, he says, when you counsel somebody, ask them, okay? He said... Take them back all the way to the last time they felt good, you know, before things got bad. Right before things got bad, you know, take them back to that time. Find out where that point is, and you can usually figure out what's gone wrong, what happened. That's what you need to do. Think back. Remember where you were when things were right with Christ. Remember what Jesus has done for you. He gave it all, didn't he? Remember, you remember that. You know what? And, and I'm telling you right now, I'm making a big uh, confession here. I'm not a big reader. I never have been. But I'd love to watch a movie, right? <laughs> so a lot of times, and don't, don't laugh, this might sound corny, but I watch The Passion of the Christ. Okay? Takes me back to that time. I, literally shows you what Christ did for you on the cross. Might sound a little corny, but if you've got to remember, you've got to remember what Christ has done for you. Remember when you knew His presence and knew His power. There was a time in your life, I'm sure, and it might be now, I'm not saying everybody's drifting and far off, but you know where you're at. But remember, when you knew His presence and you knew His power, you've got to take a hold of that. Those, those, those times when you felt like you were on 
top of Mount Everest and you could conquer the world because Christ, you knew Christ was there in your heart. You knew he was with you. And you want that feeling back? Go get it. Something else we need to do. We need to repent. We need to turn. If we're going in the wrong direction, if we're drifting, we need to repent. We need to turn, which was what repent means. We need to turn from the direction we're going, and we need to turn back in the correct direction, the right direction, the direction of Christ. We need to ask forgiveness for our sins. Don't really confuse asking forgiveness for your sins and repent. Okay? Because I, I can... I can repent of my sins and turn from them and not do them again, okay? Or I can continue to do them and continue asking forgiveness for it. It's really two different. Repent means to turn from your sins and not do them again, okay? But ask forgiveness. Restore that relationship you have with Christ. Repent of those things that you've put before Christ. Like I said, He already knows. Return. Return to the practices that help you grow and develop as a Christian. When, you, when I first accepted Christ as my Savior, I remember getting in God's Word and reading and studying. Getting down on your knees by the bed. I accepted Christ as my Savior when I was a young boy. And so you know, getting down inside your bed and praying and so on. If you have to get back that far... Do so. Whatever it takes to, to reacquaint yourself with Christ, to, to get back in that relationship that you need to be, you need to take those steps. It's that important. And then you need to have revival. You know, church, churches, uh, we've not had a revival here in a long time. I can't, honestly, I can't even remember the last time Victory Church had a revival Okay, uh, by the definition, and we have spe- special speaker come in for a week and, and so on. But what revival? It, it, churches have revivals to try to revive the congregation, to try to get some excitement going into church, to try to get that get that fire lit. We need to do it for ourselves. We need to get that fire lit in here. We need to have a personal, individual revival. As far as the church goes, I think every Sunday's a revival around Victory sometimes. I mean, we, we do get pretty excited about things. I mean, a little bit offside of it. Look at all these coats here. People just, uh, our small group started talking about it, and, and uh, you know, just a few of us bringing in a couple. You guys have grabbed a hold of this and taken it seriously, and, and a real, everybody deserves applause for this because you guys have done it and the coach keep coming in and coming in revival light that fire in your soul when you make the effort to get back to God he'll bring that inner revival that you need when you strive to be more like Jesus he'll bring that greater love into your life when you seek more of the Holy Spirit he'll fan the flames in your heart and you'll get that excitement back that you once had if you don't have it anymore Look at this picture. Last slide there. He doesn't look too much in peril. Looks like he's got control of that raft, but he, but a raft is a raft. He doesn't have a motor. He's drifting. 
When you neglect your spiritual walk for even a short time, you begin to drift away from God. You need to recognize that. You need to ask yourself the hard questions. Be honest with yourself. Today, if you're not as close to Jesus as you have been, or you know where you should, that you should be, today's the, today's the day to make things right. I'm going to have Tyler and the band come back up. and We're going to have an op- opportunity. Of course, as pastor would say, you can pray right there in your seat, or you can come up and use these coats as cushion and, and use the altar. But there's no time like the present to reestablish that relationship with Christ. Number one, if you've lost it or if you've been drifting. We need to stop drifting and draw closer. You need to stop drifting. Decide now to come back. Redevelop that relationship. Christ wants an intimate relationship with you. What does that, what does that mean? What does that, what does that look like? I think overall it looks pretty much the same. You're in God's Word. That's how we get to know God. That's how we get to know Christ, is being in His Word and and seeing what He went through and the things that He's done. Developing a prayer life. It's, you know, if you started out and you pray in the morning before you get up, you pray in the evening before you go to bed, that's that's a good start to a prayer life. But... The prayer life I'm talking about is being so in constant prayer with Christ. Every day, as I go through, I'll be at work and something will happen. Or, or something may happen. I'll say, oh, Lord, forgive me for thinking that. Forgive me for saying I'm in, I, I feel, I might be wrong, but I feel like I'm in a constant prayer with Christ. I never end. At night, I'll say amen when I say a specific prayer. But during the day, I never say amen or anything like that. I never end it. You need to be in a continual state of prayer with Christ. Be in a conversation. Have that intimate relationship with Him. That's what He wants. We need to get out of this stereotypical uh, religious relationship with Christ and have a deep down relationship with Him, an intimate relationship with Him, where we learn about Him, where we talk to Him. And it starts with you. It starts individually. I can't do it for you. Pastor can't do it for you. Person sitting next to you can't do it for you. We can encourage you. We can love you. We can shake your hand, hug your neck. We can provide you the tools. But it's up to you to make that decision to do it. Stop drifting. If, if, you, if you've noticed yourself drifting further and further away, you're not where you need to be, it's time to stop. Plant your feet, stand up, and stop drifting. That's what Christ wants. That's what Christ wants for you. He never meant for us to drift through life and just hope we make it into heaven. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. 
We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois. 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.